so in the sports world, which I try to not talk about sports too much with you, but in the sports world, there's a phrase, it's called playing hurt. Anybody familiar with the, yeah, it's uh, whenever you uh, have taken an injury, but um, the team needs you and you step up and you come through anyway. Katie was playing hurt this morning. I appreciate it. <laughs> Commitment to the team. Nice. Nice. Well, welcome to the most wonderful time of the year. Um, that is not Christmas. Um, all of you skip the Christmas, uh, skip the Thanksgiving, go to straight Christmas uh, people. Um, you're not my people because um, Thanksgiving is the most wonderful time of the year. Although I'm, I'm sure I'd like to spend a week or two um, speaking um, about Thanksgiving and gratitude. But I know some of you have already jumped to the Christmas. How many of you have the, the Christmas up in the house? Yeah. I'm waiting for a hand from the Binions. Binions, how many of you have Christmas up in your house? Yeah, yeah, everywhere. Um, shh, don't tell on me. Listen, um, that's not my, listen, that's not my influence. Um, that is happening there. Um, but I want to get it started. We're going to spend a couple weeks before we fully embrace and jump into the Christmas. We're going to spend a couple weeks um, around Thanksgiving. Um, and to, to do that, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go, uh, we're going to, we're going to start with the opposite this week. Um, and then we're going to get to the positive of it next week. But I, to start out, um, the word we're going to use for today is probably one of the most ugly words in all of the human language. Um, are you ready for this word? Here, here it is. Ungrateful. It, it, it's an, it's an ugly word, isn't it? Nobody wants to be considered ungrateful, right? Nobody wants to, and it's not only ugly, it's, it's a difficult word because this is one of those words that is really difficult to see when you're looking in the mirror. And it's really, really hard, right? Because you, it's easy to see in yourself. You know when you're angry, right? You know when you're afraid, when you're nervous, when you're insecure. These things are easy to recognize and identify within yourself. But this one is tough. We don't see this one in, in the mirror. And if anyone has ever accused you of being ungrateful, um, immediately, you, you immediately push back. Well, that's not true. I, I'm grateful. I, I, you know, I, I, you're wrong. You're wrong about me. I am grateful. And, and some of us might not have had anybody say this to us, maybe since childhood. We'd like to tell kids a lot you're being ungrateful. Adults generally don't tell other adults you're being ungrateful. Now, when you're not around, they'll say, she's ungrateful, he's ungrateful. They'll, they'll do that. But very rarely to your face do adults say, um, you're ungrateful. But when somebody does say it, you know, you're, you're being ungrateful. We feel like they're accusing us of not feeling something, right? Which is why we tend to, to, to push back against that particular charge um, so aggressively. It's why we get defensive because we think, no, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I am grateful. And we go back and we think through all the feelings and the thoughts that we had that were like, I'm glad this is happening. I'm glad this person did this for me. I'm glad that they invested for me. I am grateful. And we go back and by the end of the conversation, we feel like we're even more grateful than we thought we were to start out because we're thinking about all of our grateful feelings that we had, which even though it bolsters our argument, just makes us look even more ungrateful. That's why it's so hard to see in the mirror. That's why we get defensive 
if somebody brings up this topic and you could spend the rest of your life in key relationships being ungrateful and never even know that you're doing it. Now, some of you may be sitting here and thinking, whew, well, I'm glad so-and-so came with me today. <laughs> they need to hear this, right? <laughs> oh, I, wish, I wish the kids had stayed in here. <laughs> Why did we send them out? Maybe we can bring them back in. They need to be more grateful, maybe. Maybe some of you are, well, I wish my spouse was here. Oh, darn it, they had to work. <laughs> they got things going on. Maybe I'm gonna make them listen to the podcast. I'm glad we record these things, right? <laughs> the weird thing is, is that there may be some couples here and you're both glad the other one's here this morning. Um, that works that way a lot. But this is an important subject for a couple reasons. Here's the first one. Is that gratitude generates generosity. And you know this. When you have been generous towards someone and they were really grateful, it made you wanna do that more, didn't it? And on the flip side of that coin, if someone came off ungrateful for something that you did for them, like in your mind, you're just kind of like, mm, well, I guess that does it for that. They didn't really care, so I'm not gonna go back to that well again. And this happens just in so many relationships. I remember um, whenever there was, uh, when I was on staff at a church in Ohio, we came down south a few times when some hurricanes had hit. One of them hit, one of them hit in Virginia, and that's not down south. But then we came after Katrina hit, and we went down to New Orleans. And, and so we were going to go help. And so we thought, okay, well, how do we get connected to help? in these communities or whatever. And we're like, well, Red Cross, the Red Cross is everywhere, right? So we go and we go to a local Red Cross and we're like, we're here to volunteer and to help. And it was one of the starkest experiences I've ever had of an organization or a person being completely ungrateful of any kind of help. They're like, oh, first of all, you know, you gotta, if you wanna be a volunteer at the Red Cross, you need to watch this three-hour video on our history, you know, okay, we'll sit and watch the video. And then it just, you know, and we eventually just left. We're like, well, let's go out into the neighborhoods and just find people that need help. So we drove around with chainsaws and dried food and, you know, we found people to help because there was a lack of gratitude and it made us not want to be generous towards them any longer. But there's an even more important reason that this is an important topic. And that's this, is that ingratitude can shut down entire relationships. It can shut them down. And if someone were to, you know, if you were to come up and tell us your story, you, you may tell of a relationship that at one point was warm and reciprocal and, um, you know, passionate and full of life that over time it just kind of shut down just kind of dwindled away. And it shut down over time because they began to send signals that they weren't grateful. They didn't appreciate the things that you did. And maybe it even got to the point that they didn't appreciate the person that you were. And their ungratefulness caused you to be less invested and less generous when it came to time that you gave, involvement you'd had with them, emotion that you allowed yourself to feel around them. And the worst thing about it is, is that this can happen. And a relationship can dwindle to nothing. You never even know what's going on because on the inside, all of us think we are grateful. 
that we feel that because we can see ungratefulness in other people, but not in ourselves. And in fact, this could be at the heart of many relationship problems that you're experiencing, whether it be with kids or spouse or coworkers or parents. Like this issue might be at the core of it. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about today. (laughs) Aren't you glad you came on a Sunday morning? So if you have your Bibles, we're gonna be in Luke chapter 17. And this is a narrative that most of us heard as a child, if you grew up in church. Um, This was a really great one for the Vacation Bible School flannel graph boards. Anybody remember those? You have all the different pictures that you stick around and move and, you know, all of that stuff. This was a good one for that because it was so easy to illustrate the effect of ingratitude to kids that way. But there's a huge message for us as adults within this narrative. Luke chapter 17 beginning in verse 11, it says this, now on his way to Jerusalem, and this was a transitional time for Jesus as he was kind of taking a short break in his ministry, moving from one area to another. On his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee, which meant he was trying to stay out of the public eye. There were times that Jesus was like, definitely, I need the crowd. I need to use the crowd. I want the crowd. And then there were times that Jesus was like, nope, I need to be on my own, just with my guys. And this was one of those moments. He was traveling a road that was out of the way um, where there would be few people that were traveling on that road. And the people that did travel on that road probably wouldn't recognize him. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. And they stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. Now, if you're at all familiar with the Bible or ancient culture, um, you know, leprosy was a dreaded disease. Um, Once you got it, it would progress to where extremities would begin to rot and fall off. Um, As soon as you got that, you were immediately banished from culture. You had to leave the city, the centers of populations, and you had to go out on your own out into the wilderness, which was a big deal, not just because, okay, you lost your work and your livelihood, but when you were banished, because you were considered unclean, when you were banished out, you lost your access to the temple. And the temple was where the Jewish people centered their faith. And when you were disconnected from that, you were disconnected from everything. And so anyone who got this disease experienced a life of solitude on several levels. And so you lost everything. And Jesus is out on this border. He's trying not to be seen. He's trying to just, you know, be on his own. And he runs into these guys who are saying, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priest, which is a really weird reaction, right? That's a weird response. We have this terrible disease. We've been banished. Please have mercy, have pity on us. Okay, go show yourselves to priests. Here's, Here's what was going on with that. There were a couple different things that Jesus did with this singular statement. The first is this, is that sometimes, leprosy would appear to just disappear. Now, sometimes it may have been because they didn't really have it in the first place and people were just overly cautious and sent people away early at any kind of sign and it turns out it wasn't it. 
But sometimes leprosy would go away. And in that situation, the person who found themselves no longer with leprosy would have to go to the priest who would then examine them. And if the priest deemed them to be clean, they would be welcomed back into society. And so this is odd that Jesus would say this under this context, because at this point, there's nothing to show the priest. I mean, they're still fully infected. It's like, nope, we still got it. Not sure what you want us to go show. But here's what Jesus was asking them to do, which is the same thing that he asks us to do in several areas of our life. He's saying, I want you to take a step of faith. You have asked this thing of me and there is no reason other than that you have asked and I'm responding in this way for you to think that this is gonna turn out in your direction. But what I wanna do is without proof that it's gonna go your way, I want you to act as if it's going to. I want you to behave as if you believe that I'm coming through for you. You think you know who I am, then go to the priest. Now, here's the second thing that he was doing is he knew that when these guys got to the priest, he knew the leprosy was gonna be gone. He had that in his mind. And so when they would show up at the priest, they were going to ask a very reasonable question. How did this happen? Because when people would show up to the priest to show them like one, one would happen sometimes. Two people showing up, I mean, mm, that's pretty rare. Like that's really an anomaly, almost never happened. 10? 10, can you imagine 10 people showing up all at once, right? And the former, the former lepers, when they would say, what happened here? How did this happen? When did this happen? Their response would be, have you heard of a guy named Jesus? So all 10 of these guys, all 10 of these guys are like, well, I don't know. You know and if I was them, I'd be like, well, we've got nothing else to lose. <laughs> it may have been less, less faith and more like, well, what are we gonna lose? But all 10 decide to head for the priest to see if Jesus really healed them. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, this is where the story gets interesting. Verse 15, one of them, and this is kind of where we all really start to remember the story, right? One of them, not 10, one, not nine, one, not even a couple, one, one, when he saw he was healed, came back. Now, this is not a very um, theologically creative title, but when this story is being studied within hermeneutics, this guy is called the returner. <laughs> it's kind of a basic title for him, but this is what he's called, the returner, right? He was the only one who, as he felt himself become whole, as he felt himself to be healed, realized what it meant realized that he now had his life back and said, I need to return and give thanks. So he came back praising God in a loud voice. Now it's at this point that every single Sunday school teacher and vacation Bible school teacher that ever existed that was teaching to children would stop and make the point. Look, 
only one came back. The others were ungrateful. Only one did the right thing and came back. But look at what this guy does when he gets to Jesus. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Sumerian. Now, when he finds himself with Jesus again, after he tracks Jesus down, he throws, him on, he throws himself onto the ground. This huge external display of the internal emotion of gratitude that he was feeling. And Luke, as he's writing the story, Luke says, oh, and by the way, this guy wasn't even Jewish. He wasn't even Jewish, he was a Samaritan. That would be the equivalent down here of telling this story. That would be the equivalent of saying, yeah, 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 yeah. All of you here listening today, the one that returned was a graduate of the University of Florida. <laughs> the nine were Georgia Bulldogs. That's what Luke is saying when he writes this out and he points out at the end. Oh yeah, by the way, the one that came back, those people that all of you Jewish people hate, that you do anything to avoid interacting with them, that you consider below yourself. Yeah, they were the one. After he finishes thanking Jesus, um, Jesus asks him a, a really important question. Jesus asks, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Well, where are the other nine? And we're going to come back to this part at the end of the message, but here's the tension that most of us live with in our relationships when it comes to this idea of gratitude or ungratitude. Jesus points out that there's something wrong with the picture. Because as everybody was operating properly and everything went according to the way it should go, it should have been 10 people healed, 10 people expressing gratitude to Jesus. That for only one of the 10 is that circle of gratitude closed. For the other nine, it remains open. Luke keeps going. Was no one found to return and give praise to God, except this, and here he is kind of, Luke kind of rubbing in the Samaritan thing, except this foreigner. Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. And that's the end of the story. Jesus didn't spend any time talking to his disciples about it, saying, here's what you should learn. Luke doesn't expand anymore and give us the point of it. And now the emotional response, as you read that story, the emotional response is probably like, wow, how could the other nine have been so ungrateful, right? This amazing thing, Jesus literally gave their life back to them. How could they be so ungrateful? They just went their way, never looked back. I mean, he gave them their family back, their career, their livelihoods, their future. In their minds, their, their salvation as they were allowed to re-enter into temple worship. And they didn't even bother to say, thank you. 
But the interesting thing about this story is this. And when I say this, you're going to be like, oh, wait, that is so obvious. Why didn't we see that? The interesting thing is this, is that we think of it as a story of ungratefulness because there were nine guys that didn't. But if the one had not turned around and said, thank you, we would not look at this story as a group of people who were ungrateful that their lives had been restored to them. I'm pretty sure we still would. We wouldn't. Here's why I say that. Because there are plenty of stories throughout the gospels where Jesus healed people. You know what there's not throughout the gospels? A bunch of people saying thank you. But we don't look at any of those stories as people being ungrateful, do we? No, we just look at them as miracle stories and they happened. The reason we hone in on this story, and this is a story about people being ungrateful, is because of that one. Because of that one that turned around. It's almost as if he spoiled it for the whole bunch, right? And the other nine, maybe, maybe, I don't know. I like to imagine things that didn't really happen when I'm reading Bible stories. So one of them is like this. I imagine like a year later, like one couple of the nine, like they're maybe getting together and having a reunion. Hey, let's remember the time we were here, right? And then at the reunion, they're all sitting around the table and the one's like, starts telling the story about what he did when he went back and said, thank you. And the other nine were like, you did what? And you didn't tell us, right? Imagine what Jesus thinks now. Now, forever, in all of history, we're gonna be recorded in the gospels as the ungrateful nine. That's what we're going to, they didn't know. I just imagine that kind of happening. Because we wouldn't look at them as ungrateful if the one hadn't turned around. We don't look at all of the other people that Jesus healed, but did not say thank you. Now, the other interesting is this, is that I would imagine if we were able to, or somebody in that time period was able to track down those other nine and they said, aren't you grateful for what Jesus did for you? their response would be overwhelmingly, yeah, we are. My goodness, he gave us our life back. Like we couldn't feel more grateful. I mean, I couldn't wait to run and show everyone. I couldn't wait to tell as many people as I could possibly tell, look at what Jesus did for me. And they would say the rest of our lives we owe to what he did that day. Meanwhile, Jesus is back several miles saying, where are the 10? Where are the 10? See, that's why it's so hard for us to see in ourselves because they did not feel ungrateful. In fact, they felt extremely grateful. And they had no idea. It never crossed their mind that there was an unclosed loop that they needed to go and finish. It never even occurred to them as all of the emotions and feelings and things that they were thinking and who they were gonna tell just came flooding into their mind. Meanwhile, Jesus is like, ah, where are the 10? And they have the same problem we have. And that's this, they felt grateful. They just didn't express it. They felt grateful but the person they were grateful to never heard it. And let me tell you, that may be going on in your relationships. 
that you have no idea that you don't even see it happening. You feel it. You feel grateful. You're glad for the things that the other person's doing for you. And that's what makes this so dangerous on a relational level. You tell everyone about you. How many of you have experienced this? You, you tell everyone around you how great that person is and the things that person has done for you. How grateful you are for your spouse or your kids or your parents or your siblings because you feel grateful. But when it comes to them directly, you haven't said it. It hasn't come out of your mouth. You haven't expressed it. And somewhere in our lives, there is someone who has done things for us, who has given us things, who has sacrificed for us, who kind of is standing there like, well, where are they? Where are they? Unexpressed gratitude, which is I feel grateful and I know how lucky I am, but that gratitude stays unexpressed, portrays the opposite of what you are actually feeling. Because even though you may feel gratitude and be so thankful for those things, just like the nine who were so future oriented to everything they were gonna do now that they've received this amazing gift and received this thing, but never took the time to turn back and portray and express their feelings of gratitude, unexpressed gratitude portrays ingratitude. And when that happens, a separation begins to form and walls begin to be built. But it's nearly impossible to see because we feel and we have the emotions of gratitude. Now, it gets worse. <laughs> Everybody glad I just, okay. Unexpressed gratitude is actually a form of rejection. And if you've been on the end of not receiving the gratitude for something that you did, you've experienced this. Any of you who do work for the family around the home, any of you who spend time earning and providing for the family, you've probably experienced this as it seemed at times that the family just isn't grateful for the things that you do. And as a result, it's more than just, ah, they don't appreciate me. It goes further than that. You, you begin to feel rejected. You begin to feel rejected. And I could, I'm glad that the clock is kind of getting on because I had a really embarrassing story about myself I was going to tell about my ingratitude. Hmm. So when I was young, when I was young, um, I can't remember, 26 or so. This is about, I don't know, 18, 18 years ago. Um, I had taken a job, a new job I was really excited about. <clears throat> and right before I got there, they had hired this administrative assistant. Um, and she was hot. And... We kind of started working together on this job and there was a big opening day for the job. She put in tons of work. I mean, just an amazing amount of work. 
Yes, it's Kate. I don't think all of my administrative assistants are hot. Just the ones you marry. Just the ones I marry. Um, it was scandalous at the church. Um, put in just this incredible amount of work for opening day. And like, uh, there were times that I just was like, oh my goodness, she is making this so much better than I could have made it myself. And like, I'm so glad that like, we're, we're doing this together and she's a part. And opening day comes and it just, I mean, it's going so well. And I get up on the stage and I grab a microphone and I'm like, I want to, you know, thanks to, you know, the staff of the church that's helping with this. Thanks to this and this. And I said a lot of thank yous. There was one thank you that I didn't say. And it was an important one. And it wasn't because I wasn't feeling gratitude. And I could sit over here and I could, okay, I could defend myself. You know, well, we were a team and I didn't thank myself either. You know, I could say those words. But... The reality is, is that I felt gratitude and that gratitude went unexpected and it came out, not just as me being ungrateful, it came out as a form of rejection. Yes, you had done all this work and all this thing, you know, so much of everything that's happening is because of you. I'm not even going to acknowledge that. I mean, that's just straight rejection. And I would love to say, love to say, that man, I learned my lesson and I have been great ever since within my marriage. But it's just not true. And I struggle with this. And I don't struggle with it just with Kate. I struggle with this in general. Like I have these feelings of gratitude and great. I'm really bad at not just looking forward and being like, oh, this is great. I can do this and this and this and this and we can make this happen. And stopping and taking the time to say thank you. And it comes out that I'm ungrateful. And it comes out as a form of rejection. And we come off as entitled. And, and this is present in every single relationship that you have. And the ability to hurt relationships like this is present in every single one around this issue. And the people in your life, let me tell you, God created us as um, acceptance magnets. <laughs> when we feel acceptance, we're drawn to that. And when we, feel not, when we feel like we're not accepted, like we push away because that hurts and that makes us vulnerable. And I know very few people who are able to keep charging into an atmosphere in which they feel unaccepted. And everyone around you is like that. And when we fail to show gratitude, there will be feelings of rejection and they will begin to separate. And not only will they begin to separate, but here's the even bigger danger. When they separate, there's going to be someone or somewhere else that shows them acceptance and they're going to gravitate towards that. It's just our nature. It's how it works. And if someone or somewhere else is going to shower them with gratitude and acceptance, that is where their heart will go. So let me just ask you, as I'm saying all of this, who comes to mind? Who is there possibly in your life? What relationships do you have where even though internally you feel grateful and you know what a void there would be in your life if that person or those group of people weren't doing for you what they were doing, but perhaps, perhaps you failed to express it. 
Now, going back to the Jesus thing for just a minute, and we're going long, but it's your fault. You made me tell the story. <laughs> Gratitude closes the loop in our relationships. It, it, and we've all seen this. Like, you know, have you ever been to a little kid's birthday party and like they got to open up the presents and after every present, they're like, oh, who's that one from? Billy. What do you say to Billy? Thank you, Billy. You know. <laughs> and it's because the, kid, the, the parents know there's a loop to be closed, right? The kids don't. Like, they've got to be taught that. They're like, well, I'm saying this because mom told me to say it, and okay, whatever. But the parents know, no, there's a loop. Like, somebody does something, you got you to gotta close that. And if, and if they said, if the kid opened the presents, if he said thank you to everybody except Billy, what do you think Billy's going to feel like? Uh, he didn't like my gift. He didn't, he must not like me. Well, that's extreme. Yeah, kids are weird, but you know, that's what it is. And, you know, kids do that, but we do it. We do it as adults. They must not have liked it. They must not have appreciated it. They must not like me. And we go there. Because unexpressed gratitude is rejection. And over time, unexpressed gratitude will cause a person's heart to turn from the relationship. So the question is this. Are you willing to spend your life as a returner? Remember, that's the really unimpressive name we gave the one that came back, the returner. Are you willing to do this? To be the one, it's, like, it's so easy to just be excited about what's forward and to keep moving forward. Are you, are you willing to be the one that's like, no, 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 I gotta take the time and turn around and make sure that the gratitude I feel is expressed to the people who need to hear it. And if you find yourself kind of resisting this idea, you need to pay attention to that because that's where God wants to do something in your life. Because for some of you, simply expressing gratitude on a regular basis may be the singular thing that ends up saving relationships in your life. So will you be a returner? Who do you need to go and express gratitude to? That perhaps at this point, not because you weren't thankful, but just because it hasn't crossed your mind. You have not expressed gratitude. Here's my challenge. When that name comes into your head, don't go to sleep tonight without fixing that. Have a conversation. Make a phone call. Send an email. Something. But let's be people who in this Thanksgiving season, because it's not Christmas yet, <laughs> aren't just concerned with a meal, but are actually people who express thankfulness and gratitude. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you that sometimes with your word, you gently lead us in the right direction. And sometimes you hit us over the head with it like a hammer. Lord, this is one of those areas that I know for my life, I need hit over the head with a hammer on a fairly regular basis. Lord, I, I, I am naturally selfish. It's not in, it's not, it's not in my nature to consider others' emotions and feelings first. 
And Lord, I pray that you begin to change that in me. And for any of us in this room where this is an area where we struggle, Lord, when things happen and we feel those emotions and those thoughts of gratitude, of thankfulness, Lord, put it in our head to express it. And don't let that thought go until we do. Let it be a nagging voice that will not go away until we are people who quit damaging relationships around us because we failed to express gratitude to the people that we are actually grateful for. And Lord, let this become a a defining characteristic of our life. And I thank you for what you have done for us, even though at times we seem very ungrateful to you. Lord, let us express that gratitude to you and to others, starting in this Thanksgiving season. In your name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being out. Have a great holiday and look forward to next week as we uh, look at a little more positive side of being thankful and grateful. Yeah.